Welcome in to the inaugural episode of the Money Call Podcast. I'm your host, Samuel Bigelow, joined by Gabby Mozipo. We're here talking about all things relating to winning you money around the NFL. So it's going to be mainly a bets podcast, but we're also going to talk fantasy football. Uh, Gabby, how you doing? How you feeling about our first episode? I'm pretty excited about this new format. I'm excited to get back into the football season here in the uh, midpoint here and just get back to talking about what we love, uh, some football. Yeah, so you're, you're definitely right. We are coming in at a little bit of a weird time. It is the midseason. Uh, so we're kind of feeling things out. We're going to start with two segments this first podcast. We're going to have a, a fantasy forecast where we have three questions we're just going to get through. And then after that, we'll pick the games against the spread coming up in week 11. And then, you know, we may add segments as the as the podcast goes on. We'll see how things go and just see see how everything flows. So get started. Our first first question here in our fantasy forecast segment, it's around Justin Fields. He's the new hotness right now, Gabby. Everybody knows it. He's the one everybody wants in fantasy. He's certainly been helping me get some dubs lately. Is he sustainable? Is he going to keep doing it? Would you be trading him? How are you feeling about Justin Fields right now, Gabby? I'm loving it. If you are a Justin Fields guy like myself coming out, you wouldn't, this is what you've been waiting on. You've, you wanted to see the Bears use this guy's best attribute, which was his legs and his ability to get outside the pocket and make accurate throws on the move. And that's what the Bears have been doing. Luke Casey has done an amazing job, as it been reported, I think. During their bye week, they, they decided to look at some film of what Lamar Jackson and what Deshaun Watson, all these mobile quarterbacks, were doing. And they actually decided to put that into their own game plan. So I think that's very, very good for what Justin Fields is doing long-term, his success, as long, also in the short term with his running ability. And now that Khalil Herbert's out for the next four weeks with a hip injury, I think that Justin Fields is just going to run the ball more and more because right now he's their best running back on the best running offense in the league. So <laughs> I'm completely okay with starting Justin Fields. I think he's going to be – he's easily QB1 – rest of the season and i don't see him being outside of he's a top six play for me rest of the year yeah no i i i agree for the most part i'm a little i've been a little bit more hesitant i've been thinking about trading him to be honest um but i think a large part of that is i actually i have him in so many leagues i was on him a little bit earlier uh than most so i'm very lucky there he's like i said been winning me some weeks um but i've been a little bit more hesitant because i i've been so I, I haven't been so many leagues. It's, it's it makes me a little bit more nervous to buy in. Plus I've been, I've been on the record as a Justin Fields hater in the past. Um, and he it's night and day from where that was. I'm, I'm now fully on the bandwagon. All, all logic points to you need to keep the, to stay in the fire with Justin Fields. You need to keep playing him. You can't go away from, him. you can't trade him. Uh, he's just been too good. And in theory, even if he has a bad game, his rushing floor should save you. So um, I, if, if anybody was going to be for trading Justin Fields, I feel like I would be that guy. Um, but I, 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 even I am in the keep Justin Fields, stay in the flames category. Um, and I would not be getting rid of Justin Fields. Uh, anything else about Justin Fields before we move on, Gabby? Yeah. I mean, at least one thing point I want to hammer home with him is that the reason why I'm not really ever going to be thinking about training him away and I think now he is in that upper echelon of quarterbacks is his ceiling when we talk about quarterbacks is only going to be able to be matched by Lamar and maybe a, like a great Josh Allen game because Mahomes this is, potentially but yeah but Mahomes is going to have to throw six touchdowns from a scoring yeah. perspective and like yeah. yes he can do that but like that's a that's not a bet. Like it's, it's more likely that company. Justin Fields is going to go rush for over a hundred yards and a touchdown and throw for two more rather than Mahomes throw for six. So that ceiling can only be reached by one and a half people in Lamar and then maybe Josh Allen if he, because again Josh Allen is a mobile threat, but I don't think he's to the level of these guys, especially in the open field. So I'm. I'm fully in on Justin Fields. I didn't, I didn't even think he was going to be this good this soon. And if you're able, I mean, now it's too late to get him anywhere, but if you were able to get him at some point, you are loving life right now. 
No, no. Yeah, I, I definitely am as a Justin Fields owner right now. Uh, the one other thing that I should mention is that he does have a buy in week 14. So that's going to be some playoffs for some people. Uh, so, I mean, if you have a court, you probably had a quarterback before you had Justin Fields. So if you still have him, check how he's get, who he's up against in week 14. Check that matchup, depending on who it is, maybe keep him around um, if it's your playoffs and you need a, or if you need a win. Um, that's the only downside about Justin Fields because he's he's my quarterback in my first week uh, of the playoffs in my fantasy in one of my fantasy leagues. So uh, that's the only downside. But I will be happily writing that out because he has been awesome. Uh, our next next question here is about Christian Watson. He a pretty similar situation as far as uh, the new hotness. Um, however, he's obviously not done it anywhere near as consistently as uh, Justin Fields has these past couple weeks. Uh, Christian Watson has a breakout game, though. Uh, is he a flash in the pan or is he real, Gabby? What do you say? Christian Watson, he's the real deal. Um, he's been injured over the last couple of weeks with the concussions, and he just came up with another ankle injury as well. But this is a guy that the Packers wanted. They saw as – they didn't deem him as a Devontae replacement, but their actions, that it was deemed as a replacement. The first wide receiver they picked off of the board – Round two, they trade up to go get this guy at pick 34, and he is a physical freak. 4'3", over six foot. He has the speed. He has a little bit of a drops problem, but when you see him on the full – we saw it the first play of the game of the year when uh, Aaron Rodgers got mad because he dropped that ball versus the Vikings. Like, he has the ability to break the game open, and he finally showed it here. And we know what Aaron Rodgers does with trust, and the last thing with him and Christian Watts right now is – the Packers don't have anybody else to throw it to. Maybe Randall Cobb gets back this week, but Alan Lazard is hurt right now. He should play tomorrow. But we, again, he'll be hobbled. And Christian Watson is supposed to be the guy. Romeo Dobbs also out for the next couple of weeks with an ankle injury. So it really is the Watson show, and he showed what he can do. And Rodgers is going to remember that. And there's also there's a couple of beat reporters out there talking about how Watson's going to be a major part in the offense moving forward. So. Taking that on in consideration, I do think that Watson is going to be the guy. I think he's deemed to be the wide receiver one. I, I think if him and Dobbs are on the field, I think Dobbs is the number two. Like Watson is has the profile of the number one. He has the physical traits to be the number one. He has a drops issue, but Devontae Adams had a drops issue too coming into the league, and he turned out to be okay. So I'm, I'm in on Christian Watson. I don't know if you can play him more than a flex play right now but I also don't see how you if you picked him up this week I don't see how you can't play him like the upside that he has versus the Tennessee matchup versus the 30th ranked defense versus wide receivers that's a game that I I'm I want to play him in I I need to find a way to get him in my lineup if I picked him up because I, I also probably had a high enough waiver wire priority obviously this is not like cookie cutter but Generally speaking, if you had a high enough waiver of priority to pick up Christian Watson, your team is weak enough to where Christian Watson can fit into your lineup. So I think you should play him this week. And if you don't play him this week, then why did you pick him up? No, that's a really good point about the waiver wire priority. Because um, I, I certainly, I, I think he is the real deal as well, but I am less bullish as how quickly you should be starting him or how good he'll be for fantasy. But yeah, you're right. If you picked him up, you probably did have a, a high waiver priority and you probably need somebody. And this is a good matchup. So I'm not afraid of starting him. I just, you know, it's only one week. I would, if I had a, an option that I felt more comfortable about, I would probably go that way. If you're looking like you're going to lose your matchup, Christian Watson is like the ideal piece in my mind. Uh, Cause I just kind of think he'll be a, like a, a home run hitter at the very least where, you know, you might play him some weeks and he might get you done. He might get you huge weeks at the very least. And he he could he could have a more consistent role, um, so we'll see how that develops. Um, did you you had something else to say, Gabby? Yeah, and one thing why I'm actually more confident on playing Christian Watson this week is the fact that he plays on Thursday night. I'm gonna know what he did early on enough in the week to where I can make other roster moves, other tweaks in my lineup to either maximize or maybe just play a little bit safer because he got me a good week. But I'm going to know that on Thursday as opposed to Sunday. So I'm way more confident in actually playing him this week, given the matchup 
and he plays on Thursday, which is weird enough because you usually, as a personally, I don't like my players play on Thursday, but like a guy like this, where I'm kind of throwing the dice, I want to see where that dice lands as soon as possible. So, no, that's a pretty good point as well. Um, and then the other thing I was just going to say is, I mean, he's just he's essential to the offense. I'm just super excited about what he could be uh, for the Packers. Uh, even if you aren't playing him this week, I mean, you've laid out some very good reasons to play him. You should not be afraid to. Uh, but if you, for some reason, aren't, you should be super excited about his potential, what he could be. Uh, he's been hurt a lot this season. He's not gotten as much practice time or playing time as a normal rookie maybe would have, and he still keeps being thrust into a starting role. So the Packers clearly trust him enough. They clearly value him enough. They're going to give him the ball. Um, so it's just a matter of how much. So I'm excited to see Christian Watson moving forward. Uh, I think we're ready to move on to the next one. Uh, last one in the fantasy forecast section, we got the Chiefs backfield. I, Clyde Edwards-Alaire did absolutely nothing this past week. We got two new front runners. We got Jarek McKinnon and Isaiah Pacheco. Personally, I would rather have Pacheco, but I'm curious, Gabby, what are your thoughts on this situation? I'm of the proponent that you want to start McKinnon if you had to pick between these two. And that's just because McKinnon is more involved in the passing situations than Pacheco was. Pacheco did get an uptick in work this week, but McKinnon had eight targets the last two weeks in the passing game with six receptions in those two and at least 40 yards. He had 40 and 56 respectively. In the week before his bye, he had 36 yards. So he is a force in the passing game. And he looks good, man. At 30 years old, he still has the burst. He still has the ability to be consistent in the consistent in the, in the passing in the best passing game in the NFL. And in an offense where we only know Travis Kelsey is going to get his 100 yards, but Patrick Mahomes is going to throw for 300. So 200 yards, we don't know where those are going to go. Um I'm of the proponent where to pick Jarek McKinnon over Pacheco just for that reason. And Pacheco, you Pacheco is interesting just because he's a rookie, but I do think McKinnon has the upside of the of the receiving ability. And they don't really, I don't think Pacheco is seen as a goal line back just yet. So McKinnon overall, I, I think, is more of a safer option. That's definitely a safer option is not uh, is is probably fair. I would I could agree with that. Um, I think they're both going to have value in different ways. I think in a in a tougher uh, matchup against a team that's going to have a, a better a better easier time defending the run. We'll see McKinnon more. He's obviously more of the pass catcher right now against a team with a worse run defense. I think we'll see more Pacheco. I think Pacheco is the goal line back. Um, and then. This week, I think, and this is in part just because Pacheco's a rookie as well, uh, I think he has a chance to steal the job this week and and break out even further and take more of that passing role. This week, they're playing against the Chargers. They're the 30th-ranked run defense for fantasy against running backs. Um, so this week, I really think we are going to have a great Pacheco week, and, and I think you can feel comfortable starting him against a bad run defense. And in the playoffs, I mean, it depends on if you're – playoff start and end in week 18 or not if they end in week 18 you'll get to include the Raiders in this list but you have two playoff matchups against the Texans and the Seahawks uh, granted potentially one or one at the very least maybe two depending on again when your playoffs are um, for fantasy but you'll play the Broncos so that's a downside not the greatest matchup um, Pacheco could have value there if he breaks out and steals the role um, if not you probably won't be playing him those weeks, but you'll have a valuable piece when they play worse run defenses like Tennessee, Seattle, Las Vegas. Um, so I think you'll at the very least have a usable fantasy piece when it really matters in the playoffs. Plus, I think that Pacheco will be very good this week. And then I think you'll have a solid week uh, next week. And then you could see a couple of weeks of struggle. Um, but I think there's going to be clear value for Pacheco. Um, and he has a, a pretty good playoff schedule moving forward. And, and the, that rookie potential upside is really enticing to me, especially at this point in the season with running backs being as scarce as they are. Um, and Jarek McKinnon, I mean, he's playing better than I thought we when than I certainly thought he would, but I, I he's, he's in his thirties. 
he can only break out so much in my opinion. I mean, I guess there's a chance he's the next Cordero Patterson, but I, I don't see them increasing his workload too much. I think they want to keep him healthy. He's had injury issues in his past. Um, so I, I don't ex- expect them to give him the vast majority of the role at any point. So I think at the very least, Pacheco is going to stay involved. Yeah. I don't see Pacheco's role diminishing at any point. I think he's proven that he's going to be the guy. I just think, from a pass protection and the pass catching standpoint, you're going to want the veteran there. You're going to want somebody you can trust. And McKinnon's not going to be able to go away. And Pacheco's not good enough, as per se, like a Kenneth Walker or Brees Hall, to dominate the backfield as a three-down back. So I want the guy in, in the passing offense that's going to catch the ball, and that's McKinnon. So, But I can I see your argument with Pacheco breaking out, and if he, if he has a really good game here, he has the potential to just take it over completely and show that talent wins. Yeah, I mean, and and the opposite. If he doesn't have a good game this week, then then you can definitely expect uh, McKinnon, in my opinion, to be the more useful running back, especially in, against teams like the Broncos, um, which they play twice more um, this season. So uh, the teams that are harder, that McKinnon would definitely be the pass catcher still if Pacheco doesn't go and take that role. So. Um, anything else to add on Pacheco or any other of our fantasy forecast topics before we move on to picking the games here against the spread? No. Awesome. Well, we are going to take a quick break and then we will be joining you in just a moment. All right, welcome back to the Money Call Podcast. We're jumping right into our picks this week for NFL Week 11 against the spread. Jumping right into the Thursday game. Uh, Keep in mind, this is Wednesday night that we are recording this. The podcast will be coming out Thursday. uh, So just keep that in mind. That is as far up to date as we are. So if anything happens after that, we do not know about it. Uh, But first game this week, the Thursday night game, we have Tennessee playing Green Bay. Tennessee is three and a half point underdogs. Gabby, who do you got in this one? I got Tennessee, man, plus three and a half out on the road. Green Bay struggles with the physical teams. And I think Tennessee is San Francisco of the AFC with a better running back. I mean, I guess let me take that back because now San Francisco has (laughs) close, but they've always been the physical style of team on the defensive and offensive side of the ball. They want to run it. They want to hit you with the play action, hopefully hit you over the top and play good, sound defense. So I think Tennessee can give Green Bay problems. I know Green Bay did dismantle them. I think it was either last year or a couple years ago, last time these two teams played. But that was old Green Bay. This Green Bay team isn't as good. People are going to be high on them just because they were able to get their, their first good win of the year. But I'm not sure they're going to be able to build off of this. Um, they got a couple injuries. Devondre Campbell might be coming back this week, but all in all, I still, still, I'm still on the Titans side. Yeah, no, I, I'm totally with you. I'm taking the Titans as well. Uh, the only thing that concerns me about this line is that I, I feel too confident about it. Honestly, um, I just really feel confident in Tennessee. Um, I love the, the the spread too. I mean. I don't see Tennessee losing by three points, even if they do lose or more than three points. So the three and a half is great. Um, but yeah, I, I think Tennessee is going to win straight up. So I really like this game. Uh, I'll, I'm really a fan of Tennessee here uh, for sure. I don't think it's that, that much of a question. It's pretty surprising to me that green Bay is the uh, upper dog, I guess. <laughs> don't know what the term with the, the front runner, I guess is probably the correct term there. Um Next game, we got 10 a.m. windows here, or 10 a.m. Pacific time, that is. Uh, We got Cleveland going against Buffalo. Cleveland is an eight-point underdog. Gabby, who you got? I got Cleveland. I like my dogs. Mm. Uh, Uh, Cleveland on the road. Going to be in a hostile environment, I understand. Buffalo is going to come off – it's coming off a brutal loss, but that defense is beat up, and it's going to be a snowy, snowy game. So that's going to be – give me the running team. Give me the, give me the team that w- wants to turn around and give the ball to the running back 30 times. Like, that's the type of game they want to play. Buffalo doesn't want to play in the snow. It's weird. 
Buffalo doesn't want to play in the snow. Green Bay doesn't want to play in the snow. They, but they're located in the snow and they built teams that don't want to play in the snow. It's fucking shocking. But all in all, I do think uh, Cleveland's going to be able to come back, uh, have a bounce back week from this Miami loss that they just took last week. Um, and then just, just be able to put the ball down Buffalo's throat. I think Buffalo's, they're going to give the ball up too. That's the thing. Josh Allen has been turning the ball over a lot. And the thing with him is they're not just like normal game picks. Like they're really bad. It's like replacement level quarterback bad. So I think I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be scared to sprinkle someone on the money line here. Like, I think there's a good chance that the Buffalo Bills are going down a downturn and you guys won't be able to see the Sam's faces. It's very sad right now. It's meek at my reaction here, but I'm te- I've been trying to tell him the Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen, he's not as for real as everyone thinks he is. Uh, full disclosure, I am a Josh Allen dynasty owner. Uh, really hoping that he can carry my squad, but no, I actually, I, I completely disagree. I think the Buffalo Bills, they're pissed, man. In my opinion, they're at home. I think they're more versatile than you're giving them credit for. I think the Cleveland Browns are worse than you're giving them credit for. Um, I mean, they got destroyed by Miami last week, and I, I think Buffalo is pretty on par with Miami. Um, the snow does give me pause. I mean, obviously, if there is one strength of Cleveland's team, it's going to be the Cleveland. If there's one strength of Cleveland's team, it's clearly the run, uh, attacking with the run game. And Buffalo, that's clearly the weakest part of their offense. But again, I think they're more versatile than you're giving them credit for. I think they will be able to get it done. I don't think they are unprepared for the snow. I think they, obviously, they, they're in Buffalo. They've played in it before. We've seen them hang tough in in snow games against tougher teams with worse Buffalo teams. I think this is Buffalo's bounce back game. I think it's going to show everyone that they are, they are not down. They're not, um, they're, they're not falling off in any way. Um, and I actually think it's going to be higher scoring than, than the line suggests the, the line right now, the over under is 41 and a half. I'd be considering taking the over. I mean, I'd be hesitant because you know, you never know with the snow game. But if I had to pick, I'm taking the over on that for sure. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm on that. We're opposite on that one. So that's interesting. Uh, anything else to add on that one before we move on? Nope. All right. Let's talk about one that's close to your heart. We got the Eagles and the Colts. The Colts are seven-point underdogs. Uh, Gabby is our resident Colts fan. How are you feeling about this one? Sam? If I'm being honest, I'm feeling great about this number. I want to see if it moves to seven and a half. I don't think it's going to move down. So I'm the seven is a key number is very key in this. So I, I'm willing to wait on it, but I'm sprinkling money on the money line. I did it again last week. My one rule was that I don't bet on the Colts. And I broke it last week for the first time. I said, the public is down on the Colts, man. They fired, we fired our offensive-minded coach and our coordinator because the offense couldn't get any worse. The team couldn't get worse. And Ursay decided to go hire a man that just does what the fans want. And he's going to be, he's been beloved by us. He runs the ball. He does simple things like giving the ball to our best player and making sure Matt Ryan doesn't throw the ball 50 times. Very simple things you would think. But they're working. We did beat the lowly Raiders this week, but I love this number at seven. We're at home. We're playing a team that's not very good against the run. They just had to sign Linval Joseph, 34-year-old Linval Joseph, to back up, uh, to replace Jordan Davis, who's been hurt because they can't defend the run. Jonathan Taylor is healthy for the first time all year, and I think he's going to be able to – eat on this team some more the offensive line got called out by Jeff Saturday and they only let up one QB hit this last week one hit in one hurry on Matt Ryan Matt Ryan if you guys were able to watch the first six weeks of the year anytime a quarter there was pressure he wasn't able to move last week they couldn't touch him I think this is a great spot for the Colts they know Nick Sirianni really well he was in our system last two years 
We know what the offense he's going to run. You could argue that he knows our defense, but we're not running the same defense anymore. It's a completely different scheme. So I like the Colts here. I am putting money on the money line again, and I'm breaking my rule one more time because I still think we are underrated. But after this, after the world knows that Jeff Saturday is for real, I'm out. I'm out. Don't bet on him again. As personally. But that's no, dude. what do you think about this? Oh, dude, I re- I'm, I got mad respect for your your call right now. Um, you know, I might I, I honestly I might just be scared, but I, I got to go Philadelphia. I think half a point more i'm going indie for sure like not even a question which is this is a I, you love this line i hate this line seven is a complete toss-up for me uh six and a half I'm, I'm feeling much better about philadelphia all of a sudden it's just it's crazy seven is tough for me i could definitely see the colts covering and i could definitely see it being a blowout i think the colts i think they've already spent their jeff saturday boost Probably. I mean, we'll see. I, I don't think that the Colts are that good. Their only shot is that Philadelphia's offense is worse without Dallas Goddard. And like you said, their defense, if they, if they, they, I mean, it'd be tough for them to not get better at stopping the run without Jordan Davis. Cause they have been real bad commanders dominated them in the run game. If that's if they don't do anything about that. Indy will, will run them down and they will win the game. So it's, it's a, it's a scary line. I there's there's not a chance there's not a very high chance I'll be actually betting this game and like with uh, there's I will not probably be putting money on this. However, if the line does move to seven and a half, then I'm going to be majorly reconsidering uh, probably taking the Colts. I don't see this being a a massive blowout, but I mean I I think that the Eagles are gonna win. Uh, I feel comf- I feel confident in that, and I just I think it's a matter of by how much. Um, so, I mean, yeah, no, I, I shouldn't say I'm confident. I feel, I feel good about saying the Eagles are going to win. Um, I lean that direction, but it is, this one's one of the tougher ones for me this week, for sure. Um, I'd be staying away from putting money on this, but yeah, final, final answer. Eagles minus seven for me. Eagles minus seven. I, I like it, but I, I love that I you're like putting that much though. Not that much. I would prefer you Eagles first half. They've been covering a lot. They didn't cover last week, but I think they're technically. Yeah, they're they're over 70% hit rate when it comes to first half uh, covering. So definitely that's the side I would lean on. But again, I think the Colts, they match up really well with this team. They're a physical team. Um, On theory, in theory, our offensive line is supposed to be, be able to match up with the defense line, if not play better than them on paper. They haven't been performing like that the first six weeks of the year. They performed like it last week, though. They can keep that momentum, and they performed like that the last three years. So we know we know that they're able to do that. It was just this year as a whole. Um, we have a corner to match up with A.J. Brown. Stephon Gilmore has been playing really, really well. Don't try that man on fourth down. It's not going to end up well for you. And the defense is playing well. Darius Leonard is out with his back surgery for the end of the year, but Zaire Franklin and Bobby Okiriki have been playing really well in his um, in his absence. And when in the game that he was back a couple of weeks ago, he wasn't even playing full snaps because he was healthy. And he, but they had just been playing a little bit better than him. And if he wasn't a hundred percent, then why force it? So. I'm honestly not completely out on this defense yet. I think it's still very solid, and I think this is a bad spot for Philadelphia. I think they're going to start spiraling, spiraling. I think they started what nine? They're now nine and one. Yeah. They're finishing at thirteen and four. Or they're? I think they're eight and one now. I'm not. I think eight and one. Mind, okay. But yeah. So, yeah. Thirteen, maybe thirteen and four. So like five, five and four, five and five to end the season not not that great but they haven't put they're gonna lose to the cowboys again they're gonna lose to the colts here and they're probably gonna lose to another team i don't have the schedule right in front of me but yeah i mean i certainly agree that eagle the eagles are gonna start losing some games and, and let me tell you you were you were making a very compelling point um and i mean i if anyone listening to this can probably tell that i am super wishy-washy on this matchup so <laughs> i'm not endorsing my own advice i 
I feel like I got to stay Eagles because that's what I felt coming in. But you have made some great points uh, that would certainly make me um, reconsider if I was if I was forced to put uh, money on this game. But uh, we'll see how that one ends up. That one's one of the more interesting ones for me as far as uh, who ends up winning um, in general and against the spread. Uh, but next matchup we got here, we got Detroit versus the New York Giants. Uh, Detroit is a three-point underdog. This one is, I think, actually a pretty close one. Gabby, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I have the Giants. Um, full disclosure, I just put a $25 bet on the Giants to win the division. Um, preview into next week's podcast, they do play the Cowboys here, and I think that's going to be a big game for them. So... But I I have I have the Giants winning this game. Um, Lions are really it's a really bad Lions are really bad. It's a really bad team. Just straight up Giants play better. They're smarter. Every facet three points is that's not enough points. I know the Giants they by every luck metric might be lucky, but Daniel Jones doesn't turn the ball over, and that's his thing. That was his only really his issue was the fact that he fumbles and he decides to throw the ball to the other team every every quarter but if he stops doing that he had the tools to be a decent NFL quarterback and if you have an elite running back you don't need to do that much so I think he's proving that right now and the defense is solid so I'm in on the Giants uh I am also in on the Giants minus three although I am a little bit less confident I think this is a pretty pretty much a toss-up game um for me I'm not I do not believe that the Giants will win the division. I do not think that the Giants are as good as they have been uh, so far this season. Sorry, Gabby. Uh, I think that Detroit is better than you're giving them credit for at, at, on offense. Their defense is obviously like the worst like ever. Uh, but <laughs> on offense, they they can score points. And, and unfortunately, I don't know how many points the Giants can score on offense. So it's just going to come down to – can the Giants defense stop Detroit? And, and it's obviously been a really good unit, the Giants defense so far. They have won games. They haven't had the toughest schedule, though. And, again, I am not sold on that team. They have done better than they their talent, I think, as far as their win-loss record, um, which is great for them. They are a better team than, uh, than anyone thought they would be this year, and it's definitely looking up for the Giants. But I do not think they're – that much better than Detroit. I do think they're better, and I think they win, and I do think they win by three, and I and I don't feel terrible about it. But um, I do think that there's a a, a pretty it's a pretty much a toss up of whether or not this game uh, gets out of hand for the Giants, and if they could just I don't know if they can keep up points wise. Um, it'll be a big test for their defense. So, but again, I do think they are the better team, better better coach team. Um, more offensive playmakers and a better defense. So it should, should work out for them, but they just can't, or more offensive players or playmakers. I just, just Saquon Barkley, I guess, <laughs> <laughs> but there's really nobody other than I'm on Ross St. Brown on Detroit. That's really a, any sort of star. So, and they still get it done, but anyways, next matchup, we got the jets and the Patriots. The Jets are three-and-a-half-point underdogs. This one's going to be a really good game, I think. Uh, personally, I think that I'm taking New England. I'm taking New England minus three-and-a-half. This one is a, a third in a row that I'm going to say is tight, and I promise you I'll give you some recommendations as we move forward that I really feel confident in, but this is, again, not one of them. Uh, I just have more confidence in, in Bill Belichick uh, to beat the Patriots. I mean, I believe that the Patriots won the last time these two teams met. Um, and I just don't think that the Jets are going to be able to get the job done. I think just Bill Belichick knows them too well. And the Patriots still got a good defense. And they just always seem to be able to turn things around. So I got to go New England uh, minus three and a half. What do you think, Gabby? I'm here with New England as well at minus three and a half. I think these teams are very even. But Bill Belichick versus Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson played like shit the last uh, couple of weeks ago and when New England won. So I'm going with New England here again. And they're at home, correct? This time. Uh, let me check for you. New England is? Yeah, my 
I'm yeah, really... New England's at home. Yeah, my computer was just taking forever to load, of course. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> New England's I... at home, yeah. Yeah, that yeah. makes me feel even better about it as well. Uh, three and a half is, is a lot. If it was three, I'd feel better. But, um, yeah, I, I got to go uh, New England as well. I just don't think he's going to be that high scoring, which is probably my biggest fear. I really do think New England's going to win. It's just a matter of by how much. Um, but they should they should cover the the three and a half. Um, anything else before the next one? No. All right. This next one is one that I am actually excited to bet. I think this is a insanely large line, and I'm not really sure how it happened. Uh, but Carolina and Baltimore. Uh, Carolina is the 13 point underdog, and I'm feeling really good about Carolina plus 13. Gabby, thoughts? Uh, I kind of like Carolina, Carolina. I like Carolina <laughs> if they were to maybe move the lines. Um, and I would only, I would tease it. I would think about teasing them down to if I could get them at plus seven and a half, maybe at a different book, but at, at plus 13, not plus seven and a half, but teasing them up to, uh, like 20, but try to get them through the 14 at least, or in the 17. So I guess you could keep them at the 13 and get that done as I talk to myself out loud. But point being, I think Baltimore is going to smack them. And I don't even think Carolina can, like, I don't know if Carolina is going to be able to, I guess, to get to 13 points in theory. And in theory, if they can't even get to, like, 10 points, I can't see them stopping Baltimore from scoring more than, like, four touchdowns. Because we just saw Baltimore is coming off a bye. So they're going to have an extra week of rest, be able to see this team full up. Mark Andrews is coming back into the fold. This offense is – I think Baltimore is going to start clicking at the right time. The defense, uh, Roquan Smith is going to be more integrated into the offense. The, the defensive backs are going to get more healthy. So all in all, I do think Baltimore is – I mean, obviously they're a better team, but Carolina's reeling. I mean, they're coming off of a semi-longer week playing on Thursday, but – it's not a good team. Um, I don't know. Did Carolina decide who the starter was? I feel like they decided who that was. I they, believe they said it was PJ Walker. Um, yeah, because if it's Baker, then yeah, holy I pr- crap. No. I'm 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 pretty sure it's PJ Walker. Um, but I mean, my reason for being so bullish on the on Carolina plus thirteen is. I just don't think that – I think the Ravens, they dominate. I think you're right. But the way the Ravens want to dominate is they want to dominate on the ground. And they, they're they not a team that that racks up tons of points. They haven't scored um, more, more than 30 since week three, I think it was. Yeah, week three uh, against the Patriots, um, who's actually a pretty good defense. Um, but they have only scored more than 30 twice, and it was weeks – two and three um, and haven't since since then they haven't added any weapons they actually have or I guess they got Deshaun Jackson but he's banged up uh, and they lost uh, they lost Bateman so they haven't added any huge playmakers or anything um, I think they're just going to try to run the ball the over under is 41 I believe let me see here yeah 41 uh, so it's not expected to be a high scoring game and it just that's a lot of points to to win by in a game that's pretty close. I, I could really see it being 21 to 10 uh, pretty easily in a game that's really not close for Baltimore, but um, covers the spread. I don't think that it, in a game that Baltimore has its way, I think they'll be fine running the ball, scoring uh, low points, but dominating. And just, I don't think, and I think Carolina, they get garbage time points and I think they're good for a touchdown or two in garbage time. Uh to keep it close enough. And yeah, with the lowest point scoring total, I just don't expect them to uh, be outscored by more than 13, but uh, any, anything else? I mean, I, it, it, Baltimore, I think is a team that is outside of the top, like, like Super Bowl. Like these are the teams that I expect to be in the Super Bowl, but I think they're the next tier. And I certainly think they're a contender and Carolina is certainly a contender for uh worst team in the league. So, I mean, if because of that, that makes it a little scary. You, you never know. It could be an absolute blowout, but I do feel good about it. Yeah, I I would think so as well, but I don't know. I think Baltimore is the real deal. 
I really do. I mean, I haven't thought I about too. my Super Bowl picks all too much yet. I do still think Kansas City is coming out of the AFC. But Baltimore is in my is in my championship game right now. So um I think they're the real deal. I think they're gonna and they're getting hot and healthy at the same time. And that's we know that's what matters most. We saw the Bucks do it last year, uh, a couple of years ago. I mean, we saw the Rams do it last year. It just matters if you get hot at the right time you're not necessarily the number one team throughout the regular season but you start well, looking the best and you make a good point about them getting healthy but i would say like we may be a week early i'm if i'm not mistaken mark andrews is still questionable going into this week i i mean isaiah likely is a baller so i mean it's not like they lose that much on offense but they are missing arguably the best tight end in the nfl i mean I still say it's kelsey but he's arguably the best you know he's top two um so, I mean, that could potentially be another factor, in my opinion, that keeps the keeps the game closer in scoring. Uh, next one we got here, and this is another one I'm excited about. We got Chicago and Atlanta. Chicago's three-and-a-half-point underdogs, and I will be putting a bet on Chicago. I, I just think, like, I mean, obviously they have no defense, but Atlanta does not have a good offense. Their offense is, at times, completely inept and, at best, okay um so I, I don't expect them to run away for run away with the game justin fields we talked about him obviously earlier in this podcast he's been absolutely balling got a, a really a tough loss last week against detroit and i think he'll be really looking to bounce back i think he'll be fired up motivated and against a team that's not gonna not gonna fly away from him so i think at the very least three and a half is a pretty good line for Chicago, I think that they have a pretty good chance of winning. I'm, I'd consider the money line on this uh, going for Chicago, but three and a half, I feel really good about. Um, and I'll be definitely putting some money on uh, Chicago this week. Hell yeah. For me in this matchup, I would be putting money on Chicago as well, just given they haven't been able to win the last couple of games. So. I think I think they're going to be able to pull it out here, and especially with Justin Fields going back to Atlanta, his hometown. Um, he kind of balls out there. So I think all in all, I think he's going to be able to show out. And also Atlanta, I think the books have finally caught up to them. They were on that hot streak at the beginning of the year going 6-0 and versus the spread, but now they, I think the books finally caught up to them, and I like this number. Atlanta's not that good. I, both these teams weirdly want to do the same thing, <laughs> um want to like if there was less than 20 pass attempts if you have a if that's a prop out there and you can get some good odds on that like I wouldn't bet it but I mean it's a funny one for sure because <laughs> I think I think that's something that both these coaches want to see happen um so but I think we're on the same side yeah no I I think yeah pretty everybody but the wide receivers and Kyle Pitts would be happy for both teams if they just just ran the ball the entire time. I do think it is going to be fairly high scoring just because of the complete ineptitude of both defenses. Um, but it could totally all be on the ground and it could be also very low scoring. So I'm excited for this one. I think Chicago keeps it at the very least close. So um, next one we got here is the commanders and the Texans commanders, obviously coming off a of massive W Uh, The line is three and a half. The Texans are three and a half point underdogs. Gabby, which way are you leaning in this one? I'm taking the home dog Texans here. Um, I like it because commanders are coming off the best win of the season on prime time. As when the public is going to be the most hot of them. We are the public. But I'm trying to fade it. I want to stick to the Texans. Um, They got a good running game. Damian Pierce. You just got – this is just a numbers thing, honestly. There's nothing much to the Texans. There's a shit team, but in this sort of situation, you just back them here, and you, it's going to play out for you in the long run here. I mean, yeah, it's definitely not a bad call. I mean, the Texans keep it surprisingly close more often than you might think. Um, the commanders are not that great, but I am going commanders. Um, I'm a little – I I'm. I mean, if 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 this is just a – a sucker bet. I'm a total. I'm totally falling for it because I mean, I thought they looked good against the Eagles. Their run game was was excellent. Houston has no defense against the run game. 
I think they could totally use the same game plan and be just as successful or more successful against the Eagles. Um, and I, I think that I think the commanders are I think they're on the up and up with Taylor Heineke as their quarterback. I think they're going to lock that in. I don't think they've officially announced him as the quarterback moving forward. But um, I mean, I don't see how you don't. Um, so I'm going commanders. And I think that the commanders are going to shock some people um, moving forward, to be honest. And I, I just think that the Texans are not going to shock people with how bad they continue to be throughout the season. So um, I'm going with commanders minus three and a half. Uh, next game. This one is one that I am not necessarily excited to watch. We got the Rams and the Saints. This is the last one in our 10 a.m. window, um, but the Rams are three-point underdogs. Gabby, what are your thoughts here? <sighs> it's so ugly, this one. It is ugly. Um, I'm probably staying – I'm st- I'm definitely staying away from this game if I were to bet it. I'd probably lead in the Saints here just because they're going to be the healthier team. The Rams, they were the worst offense in football, and then they lost the offensive player of the year. So um, <laughs> it's hard to bet on them right now. So I don't got much to say out of that. Um, I'm not betting this game again, but that's the side I'd lean on. No, this one is not what I'm betting either. Um, I'm taking the Rams just because, I mean, I – I guess I'll take a team plus points because I don't, I don't know who's going to win this game and I don't feel good about, I mean, I would slightly lean the Rams just because I just have faith in Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford way more than I have in Jameis Winston um, or Andy Dalton or anybody on the saints. So uh, for that reason, I would go the Rams even without Cooper cup, if I just had to pick the game straight up. So I'll take them plus points. Um, but again, I don't feel good about it. The Saints have a good defense, but again, are inept on offense and the Rams are basically the same deal. So it's just whose offense gets the most lucky, basically. And, and I think I think Sean McVay can drop a play. So that's why I'm going Rams. Anything else, Gabby? Nope. Not about all, right. all right. We got the one o'clock Pacific time win, uh, window. Uh, we got the Raiders and the Broncos, another bout of teams that were are greatly disappointing this year. Uh, the Raiders are three-point underdogs. I'm taking Denver just because, I mean, Denver has moments where they look like they're competent and that they are okay. I mean, they have the players, obviously, and they have a really good defense. And the the Raiders, they, they, don't, they don't have even a good defense. They just don't – I mean, they have players. They spent tons of money on them, but they have not shown – any ability to be consistent on offense and they have again a terrible defense so the broncos at least have one elite unit uh so i'm going broncos minus three but you know i don't feel super strongly about the or well i mean i i feel pretty good about this actually i think the raiders are pretty crappy but gabby what do you think i don't feel super strongly about this i mean and the broncos suck too so they do they do suck I think one thing I guess I'd, I I would lean the Broncos just because they they really are bad against quarterbacks and tight ends and wide receivers. I think Russell Wilson had his one decent game of the year last year versus them, so I'm apt to think that they're gonna that he'd be able to replicate that performance. So I want to lean the Broncos side here, and the Raiders are, are really bad. Like, they had so much stuff happening to them last year, and they still made the playoffs. So, I don't know what's going on this year. I think Josh McDaniels has got to get fired. Him and Nathaniel Hackett are going to be the two coaches. That's going to be – if somebody gets blown out there, the losing coach is going to get fired. I I can guarantee you that much. So, it's got to be a close game between these two. If if For some reason, it's 17 points or more. I'm, I I hope a sports book out there. That I'm running to the sports book and hope I'm placing a bet on the next coach getting fired because it'll be whoever loses. <laughs> it's the all lucky to not be fired first this year game <laughs> uh, for coaches. So yeah, that's that's super exciting. I uh, can't wait for that one. 
I, I I'm excited to see how that turns out. I mean, the fallout from the the loser on that one. But next game we got here, Dallas at Minnesota. This is this is arguably the game of the week. Um, I'm super excited to just watch this one as a fan, and I I I, I could kind of go either way on it. Uh, Minnesota's at home, if I'm not mistaken. So I am leaning Minnesota here. They are one and a half point dogs at home. So it's a, it's a toss up in Vegas's mind, but I'm going to go, I'm going to go Minnesota. Uh, Gabby, who do you got? I'm going Dallas. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, yeah. Did you have anything else to add on that? Sorry, I interrupted you there. No, I mean, one of the main reasons why I would go Dallas here is because um, it's just the highs and lows, right? Dallas lost on prime time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Minnesota won the biggest game of the year. So, I mean, I'm kind of surprised by the line, but at the same time, I think Dallas is a better team. Minnesota hasn't played anybody. I, that was their first real win was versus the Bills. I mean, and so they're, I guess you, you could say they're one and one in real wins because I guess we didn't even think the Packers was, were a real team until um, 48 hours ago. So I'm with the Cowboys here. I mean, it's a pick them. Um, but I, I, I'm still with the Cowboys. I, I, again, I, we're going back to my Super Bowl prediction, like my Super Bowl thoughts here. And I, I was starting to think the Cowboys were coming out of the NFC, so I, I thought they were the best team. So, you know, one and a half points, I think I'd take that, especially if Zeke comes back. Yeah, I mean, the the luck factor for Minnesota, the being so lucky last game, definitely makes me not want to bet on them. Uh, but Dallas also just lost to Green Bay, and I'm not convinced that Green Bay is not shitty. So, um because of that, I'm trying to forget about last week, not take that into account. And I think I think Minnesota's just slightly better at home. Um, so plus a point and a half. I, I gotta lean that way. Uh last one in the one o'clock window. We got the Bengals and the Steelers. Steelers are four point underdogs. I I feel pretty good about this one. I mean, JJ Watt is back and that makes the Steelers defense a, a whole a whole different animal, but I'm going Cincinnati minus four. I just think they're clearly the better team. I don't think the Steelers have it this year. Um, Steelers are at home, but I'm going to go Cincinnati minus four. I just think they win by at least a touchdown. Uh, So your thoughts, Gabby? Give me my home dog. Give me Mike Tomlin as a dog at home. They just won last week. Yes, I understand, but they crushed them week one, man. Crushed them. So I think it's going to be a divisional matchup, stuff that you – the better team, it doesn't matter in those type of situations. These teams know each other really well. So – and it's the home team, the home dog. Yeah, give me Pittsburgh all day. Awesome. Uh, I mean, it's – you can't – I can't say that that's a bad bet on Mike Tomlin. You know, he never had a losing season. So this is the kind of of game that Mike Tomlin would definitely pull out against a divisional rival. You could definitely see the Steelers doing something and keeping it close at the very least. But again, I just think Cincinnati is significantly better. So I'm going Cincinnati. But uh, again, though, but I mean, seeing stuff, seeing it happen, like we saw it happen week one. And it was week one's week one, though. Week one, sometimes things happen week one. I, I, I can't take, I can't put too much stock on that. You can't put too. I mean, I guess I mean you have a point there, but is it when you when you beat a team? Oh, I guess they only won twenty three. Oh, that was the game he missed a field goal. Yeah, I mean, I guess you have a point, but I don't know. I, I I'm I'm on the Steelers here. T.J. Watts back. They couldn't block him last game. Cincinnati has a trouble. That's the other thing. Cincinnati has real trouble with pass rush. We always know the offensive line is bad. Everybody knows that. But the games that they struggled in at the beginning of the year, struggled in that Pittsburgh game because T.J. Watt. Next game, they played the Cowboys, and they struggled because of Micah Parsons. So 
Yeah, that's a, that's not a bad point. We got to take a quick break here. Final two matchups, Sunday night football. This is an interesting divisional one. We got the Kansas City Chiefs and the Los Angeles Chargers. The the Chargers are obviously the underdogs. It's a five and a half point uh, underdog um, spread there. I I think that's not enough, honestly. I I, I think the Chiefs are going to dominate them. Gabby, what do you think? I think the Chiefs are going to dominate them too. I think I would have it this at a touchdown, six and a half, maybe five and a half. So I'm on the Chiefs side for sure. Um, Chargers are unhealthy. I mean, Chargers squeaked by and covered for you last week if you were able to yeah. cover, like, pick them like some of us were able to. But Chargers are just not a really healthy team, and they're not good. They, they're obviously talented, but too many injuries. Five and a half isn't enough points. So you're really telling me that on a neutral site that the Chiefs are only going to be favored by two and a half points? I don't believe that. So – um, I'm on the Chiefs here. I know the divisional matchups, these teams are very high scoring, but I see this. I think this could be a game, like a Pacheco game, like we were talking, you were talking about a little bit earlier. Um, they just turn around and give them the ball 20 times and see what happens there because the Chargers do have a horrible run defense. Yeah, no, they do. And they're thin at D line. Um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's Kansas City all the way. Um, I, I really think it should be closer to a touchdown for sure. Uh, I think the Chargers got lucky to cover last week. So um, anything else on that matchup before we move on to our last one of the week? Nope. All right. We got in our Monday night football matchup, we got the Chargers matchup from last week. We got the San Francisco 49ers taking on the Arizona Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals are at home and they are eight point dogs at home. It's a big spread. I honestly, I have a hard time feeling super confident about uh, my pick here. I'll, I'll, I'll let you go first, Gabby. I, I'm really, I'm really torn. Me. I'm going, I'm going San Francisco, man. Arizona sucks on the, at home. I got to do San Francisco as well. Also. I mean, <laughs> that's where I was leaning. I mean, I just like the eight is staring right in my face and saying that is a ton of points. <laughs> but San Francisco didn't play the way they wanted to play last week. Last week was not a good game against the team. The chargers that I think are better than the Cardinals. It's got to be a bigger win. Eight points is is a lot, but I think the 49ers are going to do it. Yeah, they will. I think – I mean, if – and then you look at this, too. It's a it's a divisional matchup, and Cliff Kingsbury – thing that's interesting about this division is that everybody kind of has everybody else's number. Like, Kyle Shanahan has McVay's number. McVay has Cliff Kingsbury's number. Kingsbury – has indeed.com's number because he'll be looking for a job. <laughs> I was curious who you were going to say who he is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that man is going to be gone after this year. Um, his team doesn't like him all that much. It's very apparent on the sidelines. But, I mean, this is just a matchup where you have the 49ers, one of the most powerful run offenses at home cardinals who suck at home they are awful i think they let eight and oh on the on the road last year like which is really impressive but like they also were like 10 and six on the year or like 10 and seven some or like maybe 11 and six basically they were three and six at home or i can't do math yeah yeah we get you yeah yeah they they really suck at home home, yeah (laughs) so i I'm on the 49ers here. I think the books know that as well. I think that's why the number is a little bit higher than you would expect off just of uh, playing the stats in and of itself. But I'm on San Francisco here. Yeah, no, I I, got to agree. Well, that is all of our picks for week 11. I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see how it goes. Thank you all for uh, listening along with us and joining us for our first ever episode of the money call podcast. Um, We will be back next week doing the same thing. 
Maybe we'll have some additions. Maybe we'll keep it the same. We'll see. Again, we're feeling it out. But again, thanks for joining us. And we'll see you next week. We'll